Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Luke chapter 6 and breaking that down and if, you, uh, if you've listened to Luke chapter 5, uh, you will remember toward the end of Luke chapter 5, Jesus begins to spar, if you will, with the religious leaders of his day. Word has spread all over Judea about this man whose teaching is with authority. He's not like these religious leaders and, and, and these scribes and these Pharisees and these Sadducees and the teachers of the, the law who refer back to Moses. There's just something special about this guy who, who's going around to the synagogues and he's, and he's reading from the prophets and he's telling them today this, this prophecy has been fulfilled before your very eyes and he's casting out demons and he's healing all these sick people of their diseases and that's something that these religious teachers could not do and did not do. They did not have that kind of authority. They, they, they taught from uh, the Mosaical Law, if you will, the first five books of the Old Testament. And so the popularity of Jesus just began to spread all over Judea. And, and, and as Jesus' popularity grew, well, the popularity of the Pharisees and all these religious groups, the Sadducees and, and, and the teachers of the law, their, their popularity shrank. And, and they didn't like it because they loved the praise of men. That's why they dressed in the fancy garbs and, and they would say the fancy prayers and, and they wanted to, to, to be seen by people and they wanted to be reverend, if you will. They, they wanted to, it's almost like they were God's liturgy themselves. They, they just loved the praises of the people. It was, it was for a big show and <clears throat> their popularity began to shrink and they didn't like it. Because, you know, they are the ones that should be teaching the law. And they are the ones that should be telling people about how to live according to God. And, and not some stranger who's just showed up from, from uh, nowhere. He's, he's come from Nazareth of all places. And, and it, he looks like an ordinary, everyday, your average dude. And there's nothing special. If, if you was to look at Jesus, there's nothing special about him except who he is and, and what he's teaching and what he's doing and so they they didn't like jesus because they were basically jealous of jesus and so they they began to show up at places where jesus was teaching and, and where jesus would be and they they would never at first, they would never say anything out loud. They would never question Jesus out loud. They would just have these thoughts in their head. They would think to themselves, who does this man think that he is? Because only God can forgive sins. When they lowered the paralytic down uh, through the ceiling because they couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd, but they knew that they wanted their friend to be healed. And Jesus, knowing that these religious leaders were looking uh, uh on to see what's going on he said your sins are forgiven and it just blew their minds you know and they, they thought to themselves who does this man think that he is and so jesus says well, what what's easier for me to say this your sins be forgiven or rise up and be healed 
And just so you know that that I am who I say that I am, I'll just say, get up, you're healed. And so Jesus, even though they would they would think these things in their head, Jesus would call them out publicly. And he's going to do the same thing here in Luke chapter 6. Because Luke chapter 6 starts off with two more duels, if you will, between the religious leaders and Jesus. But this time they're going to drag the disciples into it. Um, notice that each of these challenges in, in Luke chapter 6 also, they, they take place on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day. Why, 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 would, why would it happen on the Sabbath day? Well, I'll give you what I think and the reason why I think that they chose the Sabbath day is because these religious leaders, they, they knew the law well. They have studied it for a long time. They've been going to school for it ever since they were probably a young boy. And so they would know the, the law very well and they place special emphasis on the Sabbath day because God said to rest, right, on the Sabbath day and, and, and don't do any work because the Sabbath day is holy and it's to be separated and as a day of rest and, and to, to worship God. But since they had taken the law and, and what they did, they took the law and they and interpreted the law and they made their uh, interpretations become law and it, it, it became traditions. And over the years, their traditions became law. We, we still do it in churches today. Uh, you know, the story is told of, the, of, of the, the church that wanted to build a building and they started building a building, but before they could get the roof on and get the windows in, they you know they would still have church services in their building, but flies was getting all over the communion. And so they would cover up the communion table with a sheet or some type of cloth, and, and, and they eventually got the roof on and they got all the windows in, so there was no longer a, a fly problem, but they continued to cover up the communion with this sheet and one day somebody just decided hey we don't need this anymore and they took it off and the people had a fit why are you uncovering this is this sheet is supposed to be covering the communion table why why is the sheet not on here why are you not covering this and they said hey we, we don't no longer need it that was this was the reason it was to cover up because of the fly problem we don't know we no longer have the fly problem but in those people's minds they had to have it was just a law. It was it's something they've always done. It was a tradition because they've done it for a long time. And I'm sure you, can, when I'm t telling you this, you're thinking of some examples in your church that you've experienced even in your past experiences. And, and, and so that's exactly what's going on with uh, the religious leaders of their, of their day. They have taken the law, they have interpreted the law, and they have come up with these traditions that, that is not from God, it's from their interpretations, and they have included it in the Talmud, and, and they have made things law that are not, that should not be binding on people, but yet they made it binding on the people. And so they're following Jesus around, and, and, and the reason why they would do this on the Sabbath day is because they were hoping that they could catch Jesus breaking one of, they would call it a law, but basically what they were trying to do was catch Jesus and breaking one of their traditions, if you will. 
You know, after all, he is claiming to be the one spoken of by the prophet sent by God to deliver Israel, right? And, and keep in mind that God has been silent for over 400 years at this point until Jesus was born. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you have a, a, a sheet of a, a, a paper in your Bibles, and that sheet of paper represents over 400 years. And God, he's been silent all of this time for over 400 years and, and Jesus has grown up in Nazareth, which was a town that was very frowned upon. There's nothing special about Jesus at all. He, like I said a while ago, he dresses like an average dude. You think about it, he's, he's a nomad. He doesn't own a home. He lives in the woods. He travels from town to town, and he doesn't have a job. I mean, what kind of guy is this? Why would he have the right, in their minds, the, the religious leaders are thinking, what, what makes this man special? How can he get up here and, and, and do the things that we're supposed to be doing and teaching the law? Who does he think that he is? And in, in, in their minds, they were right by asking that question when the paralytic was healed. Who does this man think he is? There's nothing special about him. And look where he's from. So the, the problem was that Jesus did not fit the idea that the religious leaders had of the Messiah. They were expecting somebody totally different. They were expecting a man of royalty from David's lineage, which Jesus was from David's lineage. But they, they, were, they were expecting this gladiator of a man, this strong, muscular man who was powerful, who was maybe good with a sword, who was going to be like David was. He was going to be a great leader like David was. And then he was going to sit on the throne of David. And, and we know in Acts chapter 2 when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, Peter says that he sat on the throne of David. So Jesus did do that, but it was, it was not on on earth as they were expecting. It was not in Israel or in Jerusalem as they were expecting. You know, they got an ordinary, average, everyday dude who, who, who just went around doing good for people. And he didn't have a home, like I said. He didn't have a job. He was a nomad. He just traveled around and teaching and giving people hope. And they were really wanting somebody who was just going to deliver them from the Roman oppression that they were under and restore Israel back to power. That's even why uh, Jesus spent three years with those disciples, those 12 disciples. And, and when Judas died, they picked Matthias. And, and before Jesus was going to ascend into heaven, he's, he's, he's been crucified on the cross and he's been resurrected. And they spent about 40 days with him uh, off and on after that. And they're asking Jesus, are you going to restore the power back to Israel now? And, and Jesus says, you just need to go, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of my Father. Because what you're going to be dealing with is much greater than what you're thinking about. So, when we read the Bible, we have to keep it in context. We, ha we have to keep it to the text and in context and in the time period. And if you think about it, 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 it was written in, in, when it was happening, it was over 2,000 years ago. And so obviously today in 2021, we're far more advanced. But try to immerse yourself in the situation as you read the Bible. And that, that, that's what I do. And, and I try to come up with things that, that you know, your ordinary person doesn't come up with when they're just reading the Bible. We have a tendency just to, to read through it. 
and, and not see things. And, and, and so what I would like for you to do when you read your Bibles is just immerse yourself in the situation as you're reading it. Maybe pick a character and be that person. Uh, for example, in this first situation in, in Luke chapter 6, we have Jesus and his disciples and they're walking through a, a field of grain and it's the Sabbath day, right? And, and maybe they just got out of the church or, or what we would say that what Luke says is the synagogue and they're traveling to either to someone's home or maybe they're traveling to a, a new city, but they're with Jesus. So they're just, they're just traveling. And as they're traveling, it, the natural thing to do is you get hungry, right? Cause you, you it, it, it's what happens. Your body, uh, uh, uses energy. We get food, uh, we get energy from food. And, and so they, they walk around a lot. And so, hey, they're hungry. And there's not a McDonald's or, or Wendy's or anything like that that they could just get some food from, right? So why not just grab some of nature's food supply and eat some grain that is literally right there. You know, you're walking by the grain fields or you're even maybe even walking through the grain fields. So you can eat the grain. So why, if you're hungry, just grab some of the grain and eat it. You know, no, no big deal, right? You know, but the thing is, you have to grab the grain that's ready available, and and then you have to take the grain in your hand and you rub it off, and you you're getting the husk off of it so you can get to the part that you can eat. And so you pick the top of the stalk off, you rub it in your hands, you shuck it, and you pop the grain in your mouth, you chew it up, and you swallow it. And even we would say that that's nothing's wrong with that. It's no big deal, right? Some people do this on a daily basis, but this is no ordinary day. It's the Sabbath day, and the religious leaders considered it a very big deal. Even if you just pick the, 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 the top of that, that stalk off of that grain and you shuck it in your hand, they considered that to be work. And you don't work on the Sabbath because God said not to. You're, you're breaking God's law in their minds. This is what they're thinking. You are literally breaking God's law. And, and they would actually have an example to point to because when we come back from break, I want to show you where God actually killed a guy just for gathering some sticks to make a fire in Numbers 15, 32 through 36. We'll be right back and we'll get into it. Sometimes I struggle with the feeling that I'm not good enough. When someone asks me to do a certain task, I struggle with it because I feel like there's always somebody that can do it better than me. And, or you know, I feel like I'll go ahead and do the task, but I always analyze it and come up with all these ways that I failed at it and I could have done this or that better. Well, why do I feel this way? Why do I have these feelings? And maybe you have the same feelings. Well, it's because I had a family member Ever since I was five years old, they, up into adulthood, they ingrained in me that I was not good enough, that I was a failure, and that I would never amount to anything. I mean, they literally said those words to me repeatedly out of their mouth. You will never amount to anything. But what I have learned in, in, since I have come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior and studying God's Word this is what I've learned, that God says otherwise, that I am good enough and that I'm not a failure. I can do whatever because God is with me. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. 
So God tells Jeremiah that he knew him before he was ever even in his mother's womb. But not only that, God tells Jeremiah that he formed him. And so God made Jeremiah and he makes you and me in a special way. We all have special talents that we can use to do all these things. And God's going to be with us. So please don't ever think that you're not good enough because you are good enough. You are made in the image of God. And that is enough. So get up and get going and, and do that task and give glory to God when you complete it. So they're, they're all upset and they go to the disciples. They don't go to Jesus, right? They go to the disciples. They, they, they're they're going to go to straight. They're the ones that's actually breaking the grain off the stalk and, and shucking it with their hands and popping it in their mouth, chewing it and eating it, which is work. And they want to know why are they able to do that on the Sabbath day? They're, you know, you claim to be with this man who, who says he's from God, but yet he's allowing you to do work on the Sabbath. What's going on here? And so they would actually have an, a, a, an example to point to in Numbers 15, 32 through 36, and this is what happened. One day while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. There it is. You remember the Sabbath day is holy. You don't work on the Sabbath. The people who found him doing this took him before Moses and Aaron and the rest of the community, and they held him in custody because they did not know what to do with him. And then the Lord said to, to, to Moses, now get this, the Lord said to Moses, the man must be put to death. He's got to die. The whole community must stone him outside the camp. So the whole community took the man outside the camp and stoned him to death just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So as silly as this seems to you and me, to a Jew back in these times, it was huge it was huge to these religious leaders that these men who should know better because they knew the law uh they they have studied the law and, and they go to, to the synagogue and they hear the teaching of the law because they're worshiping god they should know better to, to do this but they do it anyway and it's blowing their minds and they want to know why is this man allowing this to happen and even today uh it, it's still a big deal, the Sabbath, because in, uh, uh, many Jews it, to this day, they still reject Jesus. They, they don't accept Jesus as the Messiah, and they still live under the, the Mosaical law. Um, just not too long ago, I, I listened to the Unashamed podcast from the, the Duck Dynasty guys, and Jace was recently talking about a trip that he had taken to, to Israel, and he was talking about that he went into this building and, and, and the elevators, you know, usually you could just walk into an elevator where you punch the button if you want to go up. You, you hit the up button. You wait for the elevator. It comes. The doors open. You climb in, right? And, and then you punch whichever floor you want to go to, and then it'll take you up. And then it'll stop on your floor, and the doors open, and you, you walk out. Well, Jay said that, that he had went to this building, and he was going up to a floor, but he noticed that you couldn't punch the buttons go up or down or anything but the elevator was was running and what was happening was the elevator was stopping on each floor the doors would open and then it would shut and it would do that on every floor and it would come back down and do the same thing until it finally come down to where he was at and he could step on and ride the elevator 
and and come to find out he he was he said it just took forever to get to where I needed to be because it stopped on every floor and 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 he asked somebody why is this elevator doing this why can I not control the buttons and and the guy told him explained to him that this is the sabbath day and to to literally to push the the button to go up or down or to push a button to which floor you need to be on was considered work and so here it is in 2021 and even in israel today the, the jews are still living by the law of moses and, and and many of them choose to reject the freedom that jesus has to offer which you know it just seems silly to us but i i, I promise you it, it it's still it was a big deal to them back then and 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 it and it was a, it's still a big deal today and that and that's why i say we have to be careful especially being american and we we have the english version of the bible we have translations and so we we can't read the bible and truly understand it reading it through american eyes in 2021 we have to put ourselves back into that time period and, 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 and that's why I said pick a character and try to imagine what they're thinking and, and what they're going through and what they are dealing with because it was absolutely a huge deal to these religious teachers. I mean, they, they literally thought that these disciples were in a major sin here because they are breaking the law of God. And so... They, they would have an example, as I just showed you from Numbers, of this man picking up sticks, and God kills him because he's picking up sticks on the Sabbath day, which was considered work. And this is the Sabbath day, and, is, and, and no matter how small the thing it is, breaking that grain off that stalk and shucking it and popping it in their mouth and eating it was work in their eyes. And, and in their eyes, they the disciples are breaking the law of God because it's the Sabbath day. But... Jesus himself would have an example to show his side and to, to back up his disciples. And, and it's interesting that Jesus, they went to the disciples, but Jesus gets involved in this discussion. And in verses uh, 3 through 5 in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says this. He says, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God. Now get it now. He went into the house of God, the tabernacle, right? And he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priest can eat. He also gave some to his companions, and Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now you can find that story and read it for yourself in 1 Samuel 21. But Jesus said David went to the church building, or he, he went to the tabernacle, or the, the place of worship, and he stole from the preacher. He actually stole from the priest. He stole the bread that the, the priests were supposed, and only the priests, were supposed to eat. And so he, and then he takes what he has, has stolen from the priest, and he passed it to the men that were traveling with him. You know, it's kind of like Jesus one-upped the Pharisees, if you will. Uh, because he chose David as an example, and David would be a man who they greatly respected. They they just had so much reverence and so much awe, so so much uh, respect, I guess 
for David. And so he, Jesus is like, you think my guys are breaking the law? What about David? Over, you know, don't you remember what David did in the Old Testament? Since you know the law so well, you know your your Old Testament scripture so well. What about King David, who stole the bread and he ate the sacred loaves that were dedicated for the priests? Well, why did David do that? Because his men were hungry. He was hungry, and it was the only food around. What did God say about David in the Old Testament? He said he's the apple of his eye. He's a man after my own heart. And God blessed David, and he used David despite David's flaws. He did not hold David, and that's what Jesus is saying. He did not hold King David, a man who you greatly respect. God did not hold him accountable for what he did when he stole the bread that was, and ate the bread and passed the bread to his, his buddies that were dedicated for the priests. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He added one more statement when he says, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Well, what's he saying to these Pharisees? Think about it. These Pharisees have become like many popes. You know, we're familiar with the pope in our day. And so they, they would kind of be familiar. Uh, they would be something similar to the pope. You know, they, they've, they love the praises of men, as I mentioned earlier. They love the attention that they got from, from the common man. And, and it's kind of like they had become gods, little g, themselves. They're, they're used to having all the attention on them because they know what God wants and they know what God expects. And since they're so close to God in their, in their eyes and in their mind, they think that they're above everybody else. And, and, and they literally said, who does this man think that he is? Back in Luke chapter 5, verse 21, right? And so here's Jesus knowing how they feel about him, right? And, and, and sparring with them. He, he makes the statement, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. In other words, I have authority over the Sabbath. I created the Sabbath. I wrote those laws that you study and that you teach. And, and he's saying, I am greater than the Sabbath. I'm Lord over the Sabbath. That's who I am. And so I, I found a good summary to this passage on a website uh, from hermeneuticsstackexchange.com and I'll include this in the show description of this, this website uh, but I want to read this summary to you and, and, and they do a really good job with it this is how they break it down Jesus and his disciples were not breaking biblical law by plucking the grains to eat and satisfy the hunger in the moment the Sabbath law required some interpretation since it was general and Jesus interpreted it as allowing the actions of him and his disciples. In other words, God, when you break down the law, it's not just so black and white. There is some things that God does allow, and that's what Jesus was telling these religious leaders. You're trying to make it black and white, and you're trying to come down hard on my guys, but don't you think if God allowed David to do this, the king of of, of Israel, uh, the greatest king that basically ever walked the face of the earth in, 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 in the lineage of the Messiah is coming through uh, the lineage of da King David. If God allowed him to do it, don't you think it's okay for my disciples to be, you know, picking this grain because they're hungry? The, an, another thing they say, 
is in this summary is that David's action was unlawful to eat the showbread, but he did claim to keep himself and his men clean or holy beforehand. And so God had mercy on David in this situation. And, and because these men were following Jesus, he had made them clean. Which was unlike the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders. They, you know, Jesus even told them, when you convert somebody, you, you convert them to hell. I mean, that's, that, that's what type of people that Jesus is dealing with here. People who were supposed to be pointing people to God, but yet they were, they were actually doing quite the opposite. And so Jesus shows up and says, I'm, I'm the example that you should be given, but you're not giving it, so here I am. And I'm going to die for the sins of humanity. Another thing they say, a third thing they say in their summary is this, God permitted some types of work, priestly work on the Sabbath day. And even rabbinical law accepted saving someone's life as permitted on the Sabbath. Thus, medical work for saving a life will be allowed by their strict interpretation. So again, God would allow some things to be permitted on the Sabbath, but not according to these religious leaders. Nope, God, you don't work on the Sabbath period. Which is why when Jesus gives uh, the story of the Good Samaritan and he gives... Uh, the example of the the the, the priest and, and 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 the Levite and the, the the these religious leaders who would pass by on the other side of the road and leave this man uh, dying, uh, who had been robbed and he's down there in pain and he's bleeding to death and they just pass by on the other side of the road but yet they're supposed to be representing God. Well, the you know the the Samaritan comes along and he helps this Jewish man. And he bounds up his wounds and he takes him to the inn and, and he pays the bill. And he tells the inn, the guy, the innkeeper, he says, you know, I'll pay you any extra if, if, the, if, if, if it goes beyond what I've given you. And, and Jesus is saying, that, that, that's God. God is this way, but you're this way. You're not examples of God. And the last thing they say in their summary is this. Jesus states that he is greater than the temple and Lord of the Sabbath, which only God can be. He is more capable of interpreting Sabbath law than the Pharisees. And why is that? Because he wrote it. He is God in the flesh. We know from scripture after scripture after scripture that Jesus was there in the beginning when everything was created. John tells us nothing was created except that it was created through him and by him. And in Genesis 1, it backs it up. We have the Holy Spirit there hovering over the face of the waters. And in verse 26, it says, uh, Let us make man in our image, which is plural. So you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. All three are there in Genesis chapter 1. When, in, in John chapter 9, when uh, the, the Pharisees are, are trying, they're going to try to stone Jesus because they're saying, how, you know, how do you even know Abraham? You wasn't even born. You're not even 50 years old. As a matter of fact, he's around 30. But they're saying, you're not even 50 years old. How in the world do you know our father Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people? And Jesus says, before Abraham ever was, I am. And that's the words that God had told Moses when Moses said, who do I tell the people when they say, who sent you? 
And God said, here's what you tell the people. You tell them, I am, that I am sent you. And when Jesus said, when they said, how do, how do you even know Abraham? And Jesus said, before Abraham ever was, I am. The, the, the Jews knew exactly what Jesus was saying, that he was putting himself equal with God, that he was God himself. And they picked up the stones to stone Jesus there. And, and But Jesus flees from them, and they were not able to kill him. But here's how I want to end this podcast. It, you know, it's thinking about our churches today and what I said earlier at the, toward the very beginning. You know, we we bind stuff on people that are not necessary. We 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 have been taught something a certain way, or we have read something a certain way, and and we have interpreted it a certain way, and we try to make our interpretations binding. You know, you you shouldn't have this. You should do this, and you shouldn't do that. And it it it, it I'll just, just real quick. I'll end with an example. Uh, back when I was a teenager, and I still wear hats all the time, but I used to to deliver for a, a local lumber company in my hometown, and and we would deliver to churches sometimes. And I would literally I'd be wearing my hat, but before we walked into the sanctuary or the auditorium, whatever you want to call that part where the people worship, I took my hat off and I would throw it down. And when we set the wood down wherever we, wherever we were going, I would come back through and I'd pick up my hat and I'd put it back on. And I'd just keep repeating. I would go get more stuff and I'd, I'd take my hat off at the door because you know I was taught you don't wear a hat in in the church. It, it look, it's just a building. It, it does it, it, it's just a physical building it, it, it's there's nothing holy about a church building because we are our lives is how we worship God on a daily basis and that's what Paul tried to explain to us over and over and over again in his writings God is everywhere he's not just in a church building on Sunday morning he is everywhere that we go why because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and so God is living inside of us. God goes everywhere that we go. So who cares if I'm wearing a hat? But I made that binding on myself just because somebody had said one time, you don't wear a hat in the church building or you don't wear a hat at the supper table and so on. So, so that's an example of how we, we take stuff and try to bind it on people when we shouldn't do that. Serving Jesus is freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed and that the whole problem with these religious leaders back in Jesus's day they were supposed to be pointing people to God but they were binding people they were oppressing people as they tried to worship God but these people made it so difficult to worship don't be that way whom the Son sets free is free indeed let's offer people Jesus let's offer people hope no matter what they look like, no matter what they're wearing, no, no, no matter, just, just share Jesus with people and let Jesus deal with them, whatever they're doing. Don't, don't condemn them. Don't be a Bible thumper. Don't be like these Pharisees who just took the law of God and just browbeated people with it. No, love people where they're at like Jesus would. He took people where they were at. Their sin their situation and he would he would have compassion on them he would love them 
and he would minister to them. He would meet their needs. Each and every one of them that came to him, he would minister to their needs. And we must do the same thing. We are the example of Jesus today. What kind of example are you setting? Are you more like the Pharisees and these religious leaders? Or are you more like Jesus? And I pray that we are more like Jesus today and every day. God bless you. We'll pick up with Luke chapter 6 and finish it in the next podcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.